This is Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 127, Affect Labeling. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Building Resilience Podcast. I am happy to have you here. As always, how are you all doing? What's going on? What's new and exciting in your life? That is a question that I often ask my clients. And sometimes they just say, I don't know, nothing. And I'm like, well, make something up then. There is always something that is new and exciting. Every time we wake up for a brand new day, it is a new and exciting day. Today, we are going to talk about something called affect labeling. So last year, I was in Mexico on vacation, and I stumbled across an article all about worry dolls. And I've searched for that article again, but I haven't been able to find it because the article is talking about the benefit of worry dolls. So I decided that I wanted to do a deeper dive about them. So worry dolls, they're small handmade dolls, if you've never heard of them. They're usually made of cloth or wood, and they originated in Guatemala, and they're often used as a way to process emotions and alleviate anxiety. Now, the idea behind worry dolls is that by expressing your worries to these little dolls, you can release all your worries and feel less anxious. Basically, the way it works is you get yourself a set of worry dolls. They typically come in sets of six or more. Next, you identify your worries. So you take a few minutes to identify the worries that are causing you anxiety, and you can even write them down if that helps. Then you share your worries with the dolls. You take one worry doll for each worry you have identified and share your worries with them. Now you can do this silently. You can do it out loud, whichever feels more comfortable for you. Now, once you've shared your worries with the dolls, you place them under your pillow or in a special box or a bag. And then as you sleep, the dolls are thought to absorb your worries and help you feel more at ease. So they say that the act of expressing your worries to the dolls can be a helpful way to process your emotions and alleviate anxiety. By externalizing your worries, you can gain some distance from them and you see them more objectively. And additionally, the physical act of placing the dolls under your pillow or in a special place can serve as a reminder that you've taken steps to adjust your worries and that you have some control over them. Now, I have heard different variations of this. Sometimes you can just express all your worries to one doll and you place that one doll under the pillow. Sometimes, as I just explained, it can be to multiple dolls. You can have different dolls for different nights. It doesn't really matter how you do it because the concept is the same. You're externalizing your worries, you're gaining distance from them, you're sharing them, you're processing them, and you're reminding yourself that you're actually taking steps to address them. So I loved this idea. And since then, I've been doing a little bit more research to see if there's anything really to back up 
the idea of worry dolls. And I found some interesting things that I did want to share with you. So while there is limited research on the effectiveness of worry dolls specifically, some studies have looked at similar techniques for managing anxiety and stress. So there was one study that was published in the Journal of Counseling Psychology, and they found that using physical objects such as stones or beads to represent worries and then removing them from a container helped reduce symptoms of anxiety and depression in college students. And there was another study that was published in the Journal of Behavior Therapy and Experimental Psychiatry. They found that writing about worries for 20 minutes a day for four consecutive days helped reduce symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder. So it really seems that the act of externalizing worries and then giving them a physical representation can be helpful. Now, some other studies have explored the efficacy of expressive therapies, such as play therapy, in helping children process emotions. There was another study where they examined the effects of a play therapy intervention on 25 children, ages 6 through 11, and it was conducted by Ray and colleagues in 2009. And so they took children between the ages of 6 and 11 who had experienced traumatic events, The children were randomly assigned to either receive the intervention or to a weightless control group. Now, the play therapy intervention involved various activities, including the use of dolls to represent emotions and experiences. And the results of the study showed that children in play therapy group demonstrated significant improvements in symptoms of trauma and anxiety compared to the control group. Now, another study was conducted in 2017, and they examined the effects of a puppet-assisted intervention on the emotional expression and social competence of 49 preschool kids. And the intervention involved the use of puppets to help children express emotions and communicate with others. And the results of this study showed that children in the intervention group demonstrated significant improvements in emotional expression and social competence compared to a control group. Now, when I got divorced, my kids were really young and they were struggling. So I wanted to get them some support. And it was suggested to me that I follow this program that used a stuffed turtle puppet. And I think his name was Tiny. And I was to invite the boys to talk to Tiny the turtle to help them get their feelings out. And it was quite effective. Now, while these studies did not specifically use worry dolls, they do suggest that expressive therapies involving the use of dolls and puppets or other toys may be beneficial in helping children process emotions and improve their emotional well-being. So why would something like this work? Why does it help to talk to worry dolls or puppets or to write things down? Well, what it comes down to is something called affect labeling. And I'm going to draw from an article by Tori and Lieberman in 2018 called Putting Feelings into Words, Affect Labeling as Implicit Emotional Regulation. So let's first talk about what is affect labeling. Well, it's a mindfulness technique that involves labeling or naming our emotions. It involves simply identifying and acknowledging the specific emotion we are feeling at any given moment. So why is affect labeling helpful? 
The research has shown that affect labeling can reduce the intensity of negative emotions. It can decrease stress and increase our overall emotional well-being. Because by labeling our emotions, like I said earlier, we can create a little bit of a distance between ourselves and our emotions, which can actually make it easier to manage them. So what the study in this article found was that putting feelings into words or affect labeling can attenuate, which basically means weaken our emotional experiences. Now, there are many different emotional regulation techniques out there, but affect labeling was notable as it doesn't feel like you're really doing anything to try to regulate your emotions. But the research has found that affect labeling produces a pattern of effects just like those seen during explicit emotional regulation. Now, there have been a few other studies that have investigated the effects of affect labeling on emotional regulation and well-being. So there was one study where they looked at affect labeling and they found that it could help reduce the intensity of negative emotions. In this study, participants who labeled their emotions while viewing disturbing images experienced less activity in the amygdala, which is the brain region associated with emotional processing, than those who did not label their emotions. Another study done by Jameson, Nock, and Mendez found that affect labeling could help reduce the physiological response to stress. Now, in this study, participants who labeled their emotions while performing a stressful task actually had lower levels of cortisol, which is that stress hormone, than those who did not label their emotions. In a third study by Lieberman and all, found that affect labeling can increase activity in the prefrontal cortex, which is the brain region associated with cognitive control, and that may help to regulate the emotions more effectively. So overall, what all these studies have suggested is that affect labeling impacts brain activity specifically in the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex, like I already mentioned. Now, the amygdala is the area in the brain that plays a crucial role in processing emotions, particularly fear and threat. When we experience intense emotions, the amygdala can become hyperactive, which can trigger a stress response in the body. Now, we've talked about the stress response before. The nervous system senses danger, goes into a protective mode. The body gets ready to defend and survive, fight, flight, or freeze. There's an increase in cortisol, the heart rate changes, the breathing changes, and fight or flight is activated. So they see that the activity in the amygdala decreases when emotions are labeled. But then there's also an increase in activity in the prefrontal cortex as you label these emotions. And that is associated with cognitive control and emotional regulation. So this all suggests that affect labeling, just labeling your feelings can help regulate emotions and reduce the physiological response to stress. And I thought that is so cool because so many people talk about the best way to deal with emotions. And there are so many different techniques and different ways you can do it. But what this research is showing is that simply labeling your emotions is effective. And that is something that we can all do with just like very minimal training. Let's just go over a few details about how you can do it, because I know that some people like to have the step-by-step to see how they can put it into action in their life. Now, I am sharing this step-by-step, and because I'm explaining it in more detail, it may seem like, oh, this is going to take a while. But once you get the hang of it, it is just pretty quick to do. 
So the first thing you're going to do is start by taking a few deep breaths and focusing on your body sensations. Sort of like you're doing an inventory of what's going on in your body. Notice any physical sensation you're feeling. Is there tightness in your chest, pounding of your heart, flutters in your stomach? So here's a few ideas of the type of sensations you can be looking for. You can be looking for like a pace. Is it fast, quick, strong, slow, smooth, gradual, weak? You can look to see if there's a vibration in your body, a pounding. Is there shaking or pulsing? Is it smooth or fluttering? You can be scanning for pain. Is there sharp intensity? Or maybe it's numbing. Maybe it's achy. Is there a size to the sensation? Large, small, medium, huge. Is there a weight to the sensation? Is there a heaviness, a pressure, a constriction, a lightness, an airiness? And then what about temperature? Is there a change? Is there cold, warm, damp, cozy, frozen, chilly? And lastly, is there a type of texture that you can feel the sensation? Is it rocky or thick or fuzzy or smooth? Now, notice any emotions that arise and try to label them specifically. So that is how you can scan your body and go through and try to describe and label some of these sensations. You're just getting an idea of what the sensations are in your body and trying to put some descriptive language about what is going on in your body. Now, next, you're going to notice any emotions that arise and just try to label them specifically. For example, I'm feeling anxious right now. This is where things like having a feeling wheel might be handy to look at ahead of time to start building up your emotional vocabulary. So a feeling wheel is just something that you can Google and it will pull up this wheel that gives you lots of suggestions of the different kinds of emotions that you may be feeling. Or you can play around with an app like Mood Meter because that helps you develop your vocabulary. You can play around with it and see what resonates with what you are feeling. Now, once you've identified the emotion or the feeling, take a moment to acknowledge it and accept it. You can even say something like, it's okay to feel this way. And lastly, try to just observe the emotion without judgment or getting caught up in it. Simply allow yourself to experience the emotion without trying to push it away or change it. So that's just a step-by-step way of doing affect labeling. So just to review it quickly, all you're going to do, take a few deep breaths, notice any sensations in your body, maybe put a little bit of language around what the sensation feels like, notice any emotion that arises and label it. Label it using a feeling word. Once you've identified the feeling, Take a moment to acknowledge it. It's okay to feel this way. Accept that it's there. Observe it without judgment. And that's all you need to do. Now that is one way of doing it, but there are some other options of how you can label your feelings. For example, journaling about your emotion can be a helpful way to affect label. Write down what you're feeling and why, and just try to be as specific as possible. Another way is expressing your emotion through art, drawing, painting, sculpting your emotions can be a creative way to affect label. Allow yourself to express your emotions through art without worrying about creating a perfect or a finished piece. Mindful meditation 
is another method. Mindfulness meditation involves paying attention to your present moment experience, including your emotions. When you notice an emotion arising, simply acknowledge it and label it. For example, this is anxiety. You can also just talk to a trusted friend or a coach or a therapist. Talking to somebody else about your emotions can help you better understand and label them. And the people can provide support and help you work through difficult emotions. And of course, come full circle to worry dolls. As you can see, using them can be another way to label your emotions and help you process them. Overall, the key to affect labeling is to be aware of your emotions, to practice labeling them in a non-judgmental way. And by doing so, you can gain insight into your emotional experiences and learn to regulate your emotions more effectively. This labeling gives us a little bit of space between ourselves and our emotions, as we've already discussed. It changes what's happening in your brain. It causes less activity in the amygdala. It decreases cortisol levels and increases activity in the prefrontal cortex, which altogether lowers the intensity of the emotions. So the next time somebody suggests that you talk about your feelings, take them up on it because it truly does help. And if nobody is around, then talk to a worry doll. I hope you found this helpful and I will see you next time. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.